This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, let's talk speed limits. I know this has been a hot topic over the last few days. Should BC lower the unposted speed limits on residential streets to 30 kilometers per hour? So we're talking neighborhood streets here, right? Not main thoroughfares. This is an idea that is being promoted by Vancouver Green Party Councillor Pete Fry. He'd like to see the province drop that default speed limit. And he's got a motion coming before Vancouver City Council that calls for the city to work with the Union of BC Municipalities to lobby for this change. So obviously we had a lot of questions, right? Because this has sparked quite a discussion. So Pete Fry joins us now in studio to talk more about this. Hi. Hi, nice to see you. Thank you very much for coming in. Yeah, on a rainy On a rainy Monday, holiday. Quote unquote holiday Monday. Holiday Monday, yeah, exactly. Where did this idea come to you? Like, why did you decide to advocate for this? So this is actually a worldwide movement. It came out of Sweden in 1997. It's called Towards Vision Zero. And uh, this has actually been adopted throughout most major cities in Europe and and small towns across Europe. Uh, And the idea is that basically if you get hit by a car at – so in in Europe they call it 20 is plenty because, of course, they're in miles per hour. So 20 miles per hour is about 32 kilometers an hour. And uh, basically if you get hit by a car at 20 miles per hour, your chance of surviving – is uh, and avoiding serious injury or uh, or death is about ten percent. As soon as you get to uh, fifty kilometers an hour, or about uh, thirty miles per hour, that goes up to forty percent of serious injury or death. So it's pretty significantly life changing. And and uh, as we're recognizing, as we're increasingly densifying our cities, and we're increasingly uh, recognizing that 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 roadways represent a significant amount of public space where we don't have enough park space, we don't have enough active space. So people are walking more, they're cycling more, they're, they're skateboarding, all sorts of active transportation modes on streets. And people are coming to the realization, what are our streets for? Are they exclusively for the use of cars or can we share? So when we talk about residential streets, we're talking about streets that don't have a center line. So we're not talking about Kingsway or Broadway or even 12th Avenue. We're talking about the, 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 the residential streets where kids play ball hockey and yell car when a car comes along. Okay. And now, do people actually hit 50 kilometers an hour on those streets? Because well, this is what I'm wondering. That's the interesting thing. I think if you, know, if you look at your speedometer as you're driving down a residential street, most of us drive at 30. That's just how yeah. normal people behave. Now, in some neighborhoods, like my neighborhood, uh, we have an increasingly big problem with commuters who race through the neighborhood. So I live in Strathcona. Uh, and recently they reactivated the Burrard Inlet train line, which effectively cuts off a pretty significant arterial of Venables Prior. And when it cuts off, the, and this can be for 10, 15, even 20 minutes at a time, commuters get frustrated. They start rat running through the neighborhood and they find all sorts of traffic calming measures that frustrate them even, even further. And they start driving at 50. And it's noticeable when people are driving at 50 in a residential neighborhood. Uh, and it's scary and it's dangerous and... This is the kind of conversation that a lot of communities are having. So a lot of the responses I've been getting to this motion have been from people who are, hey, can you add my neighborhood to this potential pilot project here in the city of Vancouver? Because we have a problem in our neighborhood. Interesting. Because like I was thinking about this too, because in my residential neighborhood, there's a lot of little kids that play out on the street. And we have a lot of signs out, right? Parents put the signs out telling people to slow down. Uh, And I I don't think anybody actually goes 50 kilometers per hour. But I was wondering what the end result is. Is it to get people to slow down? Is it to save lives? Because the majority of pedestrian fatalities happen on busy streets, not on residential streets. That's that's right. And so ICBC maps maps injuries yeah. and fatalities, and and you can readily look. And it's the the 
the injuries and fatalities are predominantly on arterials mm-hmm. or secondary arterials. Rarely are they on residential streets. But then the question becomes, what is what is an acceptable number of death or injuries on residential streets? Is there a threshold that, that somebody has in mind that is an acceptable number? Or is it maybe just uh, an appropriate behavioral response to encourage people to just go slower on residential streets? I tell you what I would love to see enforced is stop signs on residential streets. That is a huge problem where people do the California stop or the rolling stop at stop signs in residential neighborhoods. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It is. And, uh, you know, I mean, this isn't, uh, I think one of the, the, the critical kind of considerations in this is that it's, it's, it's kind of an empty gesture without any enforcement. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so, you know, recognizing that this is kind of a behavioral approach to just encourage people to be a little bit more mindful of their surroundings when they're in residential neighborhoods, that's one part, and allowing uh, the police the opportunity to enforce. So, for instance, in my neighborhood of Strathcona, when we know that there's a train crossing and traffic is getting backed up, and we know that commuters are going to start getting aggressive and, and traversing the residential part of the neighborhood, that'd be a perfect opportunity for the police to maybe just set themselves up and say, hey, you know what? The, 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 the speed limit now, the default speed limit is 30 kilometers an hour. It's not 50, so slow down. Right. Is education what's needed here, or do we really need a uh, change of law? Well, you know, Portland, Oregon recently passed this for their entire city, and, and it, it, it's... it's become sort of a symbol of what they aspire to be as a city. And so it has actually extracted sort of a behavioral change. And what's really interesting is it's taken things like controversial issues, like, say, separated bike paths that get a lot of people angry and stuff. It's actually allowed cyclists to feel more comfortable going through residential neighborhoods rather than needing to have a separated path on an arterial. So it's actually kind of had a benefit for a lot of things that that upset people around arterial traffic. So there's there's a whole it's it's really a shift in how we view certain mm-hmm. types of streets. Is this a Vancouver problem or do you think this applies to communities everywhere? I think this applies to communities everywhere and this is where the the Vision Zero is picking up momentum in you know, Seattle just passed this for parts of Seattle, New York's passed this for So big cities around the world are are saying, "You know what? Let's rethink how we treat our residential streets." What about outside of Vancouver, though? Like, is this is this relevant in like Maple Ridge and in Surrey and in Langley? Well, I've heard from another a number of councillors from other municipalities within within Vancouver, and of course, uh, Victoria has been pursuing this for quite a while. And so, you know, in in the urban centres, for sure, uh, how it plays in the in the less urban centres outside of Southern Vancouver Island and Lower Mainland, I'm not sure. We haven't had those conversations. I am on the executive of the UBCM, and depending how this motion goes on Tuesday, I'll shop it around to some of my colleagues on the on the UBCM from across the province and see what they think. I think the the the, the larger consideration for the province is not uh, is just making 30 the default. So you can still have posted speed limits of whatever makes sense in your community. So if you have a lonely country road that there's not a lot of people on, maybe it makes sense to have it at 50 or 60. Who knows? But the point being that once you get off the, the main road and get into the little residential kind of subdivision that you're slowing down to 30. I just wonder if people will actually pay attention to this. You know, like we've had a lot of traffic calming measures, like there's a lot of roundabouts in the neighborhood, like we're doing all sorts of things, but people just don't pay attention. Like I see people blowing through roundabouts and they're not even slowing down. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and roundabouts are expensive. Roundabouts, speed bumps, these are all expensive solutions that, you know, when we talk about, you know, traffic bulges and all these kind of things, they're, they're major infrastructure projects that cost taxpayers a lot of money. So this is a, a less expensive solution. And again, it's about mm. changing driver perception when they're going through residential neighborhoods. And it's not about 
war on the cars is actually, you know, the irony too is that that having said that most people drive at 30, it's actually better for fuel economy when you're driving through residential neighborhoods to travel at a consistent mellow speed rather than accelerating and slowing down and stopping and accelerating and slowing down and stopping, which, which is what, what the, the speeders time. do when they, when, they, when they race at 50 through a residential neighborhood. That's generally how they tend to drive uh, because they do have to stop at stop signs. And you'd have to be a real jerk to blow through a stop sign at 50 in a residential neighborhood, although oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. that too. Yeah, I've well, seen it. You know, and I mean, you know, there's, there's, it's important to recognize that we do have changing driver demographics where we have electric cars coming, which are incredibly silent. We have autonomous vehicles coming, which are you know, silent and operated independently. So where do we set those default speed limits in residential neighborhoods? Does it make sense to be sort of proactive and preemptive and look towards this as, a, as an urban trend? And it's, again, I mean, I've got a list here of all the European cities, and there's hundreds of them. And I'm big sure cities, small cities, they're all moving this direction. What so. kind of response have you gotten, though? Because I have to tell you, when we were talking about this, it must have been Thursday or Friday, uh, a lot of people didn't like this idea. They thought sure. it was going too yeah. far. Yeah, and a lot of people have misinterpreted it as well, thinking it means blankets across the, the entire city. Uh, but you know, I've gotten most of the most of the responses I have gotten are actually quite positive, and a lot of them are coming from first responders, and more importantly, people who have lost somebody. Uh, I got into politics actually as a result of a good friend being hit by a car as a pedestrian. Now he was on a secondary arterial, but he suffered a permanent life changing brain injury. I spent a lot of time in the in neurological trauma ward, and you know, some of the stuff that we don't articulate when we look at fatality rates are just life changing injuries. And I've seen life-changing injuries as a result of pedestrians mm. being hit by, you know, three tons of steel. And it's, uh, it's painful to see how it impacts families and stuff. So I'm hearing from those families, people who have lost people, loved ones, people who have lost, you know, pets, people who have been injured themselves. Uh, those people's voices carry a lot more weight with me. And particularly the first responders who have reached out who are on the scene. And they're the ones who actually see the kind of... Hmm. impacts on on families and communities. All right, so this is coming up at Vancouver City Council this week. If you would like to weigh in, you can email me, simi at cknw.com. If you didn't get a chance to give us a call, call our buzz line, 604-331-BUZZ. That's 331-2899. Pete, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. That is Pete Fryer, Vancouver City Council, representing the Green Party, who's going to be bringing this motion to Vancouver City Council this week.